This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Ladies and gents, yes, sir. Welcome back. All things covered. Patrick Peterson and Bryant McFadden. You guys know how we rock and roll. We talk to athletes. We talk to coaches. We talk to entertainers. We also talk to insiders in regards to getting the most updated news. This is the show for you, senior NFL insider at ESPN. No other than the great Adam Schefter is joining us here. All things covered. Brian McFadden, Pat P. Adam, how you doing? How you feeling? Brian, Pat P., how are you guys doing? Thank you very much for having me. It's an honor. Oh, man, it's, it's an honor being able to have one of the more influential insiders in our sport joining us to kind of give us some nuggets into why you're so good at what you do. But first and foremost, after all the craziness and nonstop reporting that you've been able to do, what is the week after free agency like for you? Well, it's really nice, actually. It's, to me, I equate free agency week. I tell everybody, think back to when you were a college student and it was like December 7th and you knew you had 10 days of finals and final exam papers ahead of you and you're like dreading those 10 days and you couldn't wait to get to December 21st because that meant you had written your papers and gotten through the finals and now there's still stuff there's still like quizzes and exams but the major stuff is past (laughs) and you can kind of breathe last week is it's a very intense week and about a month ago I was invited to a movie premiere in New York City now I haven't been to the movies in probably four or five years since pre-pandemic. And it was for Monday night, March 20th. It was a premiere in New York City. And I'm like, can I go on Monday night, March 20th, the week after free agency? I I think I can. I'm going to try to do that. And so I RSVP'd yes. And last night, we're taping this Tuesday, last night on Monday night, my wife and I went into New York City. We went to the movie premiere to go see the new movie, Air, the Matt mm. Dean, Ben Affleck story, which is about the courtship of Michael Jordan to Nike. Mm-hmm. And it was fantastic. Fantastic. So, like, I could never think of doing anything like that, you know, the, the weeks previous to this. But the fact that we're in this week, now it kind of slows down into a manageable level, if that makes any sense. Gotcha. And this may be a mundane question because you're a guy that's always on your phone, always on your go. As are you. As are you, Patrick. (laughs) Exactly. But are you a bigger fan of sending tweets from your cell phone or your laptop? Oh, definitely my cell phone. It's just what I've done. In fact, there are so few tweets that are sent from my laptop. Um, I would say 1%. Like I happen to be sitting in front of my computer and maybe I'm on the phone and and they just say something and I type up real quick. But <laughs> short of that, I don't really tweet 
from my laptop very much. It's just no. It, my thumbs have kind of become my, you know, my, <laughs> you, know I, I, you know, you know, you you guys will lift weights and you'll run and you'll work on your shoulders and your biceps. I work on my thumbs, you know, like <laughs> stretches, get massage. Hey, rub out the thumb here, you know, make sure we work on that. And it works out pretty good. Yeah. Hey, so Adam, your reporting is frequently front and center, but what was it like hearing Aaron Rodgers not only drop your name, but tell the world about your text interaction last week during his whole free agency, not free agency uh, 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 situation, but of course, you know, trying to get traded to the Jets because that was a big time story that a lot of people were really enjoying seeing. It was laughable also. Yeah, well, well, you know, essentially, you know, there's a backstory to it, right? Yeah. I've had his number for a while. I, I, I don't, I don't ordinarily like hit up people that I'm not connected to that they haven't given me their number. I just, I just don't do that. Mm -hmm. I'm not overly aggressive in that way. Um, and what happened was we were about to go live on ESPN for two straight hours in free agency week from three to five Eastern. Yep. And right before we went on air, Trey Wingo, a former colleague of mine, he reported that Aaron Rodgers to the Jets is done. Now, I grew up in New York, so instantly my cell phone blows up with every Jets fan I ever went to high school with. Are we getting <laughs> Rodgers? Are we getting Rodgers? You know, I get everybody texting me. I got ESPN asking me. We're going to go on TV for two hours, and it's going to be the subject of conversation. The Jets don't want to talk about it. The Packers don't want to talk about it. His agents don't want to talk. Nobody wants to talk about it. Everybody's saying, ask someone else. I'm like, sheesh, this is tough. I'm like, you know what? I was sitting with Diana Rossini. She's like, why don't you text him? I'm like, you think? And she said, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, why not? So I sent her a text. I said, look, here's the deal. The teams don't want to say, your camp doesn't want to say, so I'm coming to you, the source himself, to ask in your own way, have you ever, have you informed the Jets that you'd like to play there? Wanted to come to you personally. Good luck with the decision, Adam Schefter. That, that's basically the text. Yeah. And um, he did not respond for like six, seven minutes. We were on air. We we're coming on air. And so I said, okay, let me try him. I'm going to call him. Like, what's if I text him, I call him. Yeah. So I call. It rains once. Right when the second ring starts, write the voicemail. And that's when I got back the text that said, lose my number. Nice try, though. Oh. And, and, and that kind of thing. Now, now, here's the other thing about it. I never would have said anything about it. Like I never would have told people that I reached out to him and that yeah. he was, I never would have done. He's the one that said it. He's the mm -hmm. one that talked about it publicly on the McAfee show. So mm -hmm. when he said it, I'm like, okay, confirming right. Aaron Rodgers' report. And I put out a screenshot of the actual <laughs> text, which immediately resulted in t-shirts being made, which hopefully we could get them autographed by him and me and auction them <laughs> off for charity and, raise some money and turn it into a good cause if possible. So, yes, um, you know, so yeah, that's, uh, that's sort of the backstory of that. All right. So, so, so then speaking of like breaking news and, and being a reporter, what got you into, you know, wanting to be in the media world? Was it someone you looked up to? Was it your dad? Like what got me into this business? You know, it's a great question, Patrick. And I would say this to you that, uh, it's something I never would have imagined that I could have done or could have made a living at. Now I will say that she brought up my dad mm. and I remember as a little boy, I used to live in New York. Well, I still live in New York, but I would, I would literally wait for the newspaper to come in the afternoon. Like we got 
Newsday delivered in the morning and the New York Times delivered in the afternoon. Hmm. And I would go through the paper and I would read all the sports section and I would find like these little rumors and interesting tidbits. And I'd say to my dad, when he get him for, you're not going to believe this Nick's my trade for this guy, for Maurice Lucas, uh-huh. or the Yankees, you know, are going to sign Dave Winfield, like things like that, that I would find in the newspaper. And I was just fascinated. I never thought I could make my living doing that. I never considered it. Mm-hmm. And then when I went to the University of Michigan as a freshman, um, I didn't get into the fraternity that I wanted. They were taking like 10 guys for about 50, uh, 10 guys out of like 50 guys who were trying to get in. I went down to the football office to see if they needed somebody to pick up jock straps and hand out water bottles. Where was good. <laughs> they didn't need anybody. I went down to the basketball office to see if they, they didn't need anybody. I'm like, okay. So nobody wants me here. The football office doesn't want me. Basketball office doesn't want me. Fraternity doesn't want me. What can I do? And literally, only because everybody said no, did I say, let me go try writing for the student newspaper. And Mm -hmm. I never thought about doing that when I went to the University of Michigan. I didn't go there with the idea I would do that. But I've always been a guy that liked to be busy. And when all those people said no, and I had all the rejection that I did, I went down to the student newspaper, started doing it. And here we are. 38 years later, whatever it is. Mm. Hey, hey, Adam, I'd like to piggyback on Pat's question. How did Adam Schefter become Adam Schefter? Like for the next person that wants to be the next Adam Schefter in the next 20, 30 years down the line, how did you become you? Because you have the ability to get news before anybody else. So how did you create that avenue for yourself? Well, thank you for the question. And what I would say is I don't think of myself like that. I I just think it's a case of trying to work hard for, well, I've now been in the business as a professional for 33 years. I got to Denver in 1990. See, and a lot of people today, they wouldn't set out and want to go work for a newspaper, right? Like that would not be the goal of many young people today. Let me go work for a newspaper. Mm. But When I left graduate school, um, and I only went to graduate school because I couldn't get a job as a full-time newspaper reporter, but when I left graduate school, I got hired in September of 1990 to cover the Denver Broncos uh, in Colorado. Well, actually, I got hired as a general assignment reporter, but I covered a lot of the Broncos, and they kept me on the Broncos beat. And the point is, I spent about 16 years, 16 Mm -hmm. years covering Mm -hmm. the Denver Broncos. So like I like to tell people that I went to... I got my undergraduate degree from Michigan. I got my graduate degree from Northwestern and I got my master's from the Denver Broncos Mm. because I was around that team for 16 years and you're in the locker room every day. And there was a lot more access back then. It was a lot more personal than, Mm. than it is today. Today, everything is keep your distance. Uh, (laughs) Athletes have their their own brands. They don't, you know, like, I mean, I don't know this. Are there many newspaper reporters that you've gotten close to over the last 10 years? Either one of you? No, no, no. The last newspaper reporter I was pretty close to was when I was in high school. Okay. Yeah. And so, and so I was at training camp with the Broncos when they used to go away for like three, four weeks. I was sleeping in the dorm up there. I didn't have a family like that. That job was my family. Mm. So I was having every meal with them. I was in the locker room every day when there was unlimited lock. I could go in the building anywhere I wanted. I would go up to the owner's office and sit with him, 
you know, I'd walk down to the head coaches, like literally, I felt like I had, I don't want to say free reign of the building because that would not be accurate. Mm -hmm. But over time, I built up enough relationships that that was like my office. And so I, you know, when you could, you go to certain places. And so I, I felt like I learned so much from the players I covered then. There was a great group of players, great group of guys, like the guys like Shannon Sharp, Mark right. Slareth, Gary Zerman, John Elway, Terrell Davis, uh, Ed McCaffrey, a lot of people that made living in the media, made a living in the media, gone to coaching, gone to football. Um, and so I, I just felt like they, they trained me. So how did I get to be what I was, what I am, what I was, whatever? I just, I've been doing it for 33 years, mm. 33 years. And, um, and so, and so, so who, long, long time. who, who do you have a better relationship with the agents or the, the executives? Everybody. I can read every, oh, yeah, enough said that everybody. <laughs> no, yeah, look, look there, there are agents I'm close to. There are executives I'm close to. There are coaches I'm close to. There are players that I know. Right. I mean, it, 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 that's the thing. Like, it takes a long time to get to know a lot of different people and a lot of walks yeah. of life. Building relationships. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah, so, so, yeah, exactly. And, and so many of them I can text, some of them I can't. Mm. <laughs> so the moral of the story for the next insider that's watching us on YouTube, yeah. listening to us on podcasts, build relationships. Well, th that, that's, that's the case in any bit. Like, here's the thing. Like, people talk about, okay, well, what does it take to become an insider? I, I don't think it's any different um, than becoming great in the financial world or legal world or mm -hmm. science world or computer. Like, yes, there are certain things where people are blessed to have certain talents and skills in certain areas. You guys are blessed in ways that I wasn't. I can't do the things that you did. But anybody can work hard, treat people fairly, um, try to do the right things, and, and go from there and build off that foundation. And that, that's what I've always tried to do. And mm -hmm. uh, I think in many cases, it's worked. In some cases, I'm sure some people, with some people, it didn't. Um, and you just do the best job you can and go forward. I, I know that sounds so simplistic and I'm simple, but it's really true. Yeah. So, Adam, what is it like? I had the opportunity. What What is your daughter name again? The one I uh, had the yeah, Dylan. with? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it was funny because I'm sitting at dinner. Yeah. So I'm sitting at dinner and I said, you know, I, I was finishing. I, I said, I got to go uh, get on the podcast with Patrick uh -huh. and Brian. And and Dylan looked up. I, yeah. She goes, Patrick. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> My daughter's name is Dylan. She uh, is 14 years old. Mm -hmm. And she has worked the last two years for Nickelodeon slime time and she does a different interview every week and patrick was kind enough to come on towards the end of the season this year and came yeah. on just like that which is you know i said i'm going to do the interview like <laughs> if patrick asked me to stay on to midnight that's that's what i would do for her right? and so uh going to the question like what is it like though watching her you know oh. follow your footsteps well no no, no. I, I i don't really look at her following my footsteps because I don't know that she loves football. I think she really likes the performance aspect of it, the, okay. the conversation, the connect. Like if she were doing this in entertainment, I think she'd love that. Like Hollywood actors and actresses. I think that would be even more appealing to her YouTube stars that, you know, that are, I'm too old to understand exactly how <laughs> cool and hip some of these people are. 
I think she loves that. But um, you you were about to say, you know, what's it like for you to watch her follow in the footsteps? I, just to watch her, I get mm-hmm. so nervous. Like, it, I can't even watch. I guess it would be like watching your son or daughter play sports. Like, yeah. it, it, I watch her do interviews. And I'm like, oh, oh, I hope she follows on this quest. Like, he just opened the door. <laughs> like, oh, follow. And she misses it. I'm like, oh, she missed the question. She, uh, and I, I honestly have to train myself, remind myself to just kind of step back and encourage her and praise her because she does do a great job, but not necessarily point out sometimes if I felt like she could have done something a little different in my mind. I have to remember I've done this, you know, for my entire professional life and she's doing this on the side as a 14 year old kid who's in eighth grade. Right. (laughs) Like was she ever around? Like how did it start? I know she obviously see you, you know, you know, every day throughout the house. Yeah. Like, was there any uh, time that you could remember that she tried to interview you or interview? Well, no, what, hap- what happened uh, was ESP- ESPN one year, we were going out to the ESPYs and they're like, hey, we do-. she was like, I'm going to guess she was six years old, seven years old. She was tiny. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's not that big now. And, and they said, would she be interested in, in interviewing athletes on the red carpet? I'm like, yeah, we could try this. And all of a sudden there she is with, Joel Embiid, Odell Beckham Jr., Steph Curry. Wow. And, and it was like, wow. Yeah, it, it was wow. Like, <laughs> you know, the producer helped her, of course. Like, so she's saying to Joel Embiid, you know, why should I trust the process? And he's, right. you know, and he's <laughs> laughing. Oh, cute little girl. And then it went so well that I'm trying to remember if it was that summer or the next summer. Um, they sent her to do an interview after the Patriots preseason game with Bill Belichick and Tom Brady. Mm. And I'll never forget it. And this is the newspaper man and me. We fly to Detroit and we're watching the game. It just starts. And in the first quarter, Julian Edelman tears his ACL. We we didn't know that it was torn, right? Uh, Hold on a second. And so, I'm like, oh no, oh no, not good. And do, but don't mind me multitasking. I'm just doing my job here, right? Yep. So, um, so he tears his ACL. I'm like, oh boy, Bill and Tom, like this is gonna be bad after the like. And to their credit, they were unbelievable. Mm-hmm. They, they 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 were unbelievable. And mm-hmm. so it, uh, she did a great job with them. Bill's laughing. Tom was remarkably generous and kind and thoughtful as he is and the piece ran like you could google it dylan schefter interviews belichick and brady and gronk and i mean the guys they they were great great yeah hey i'm brett podolsky co-founder of the farmer's dog we make fresh food for dogs we started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog jada when she stopped eating ultra processed kibble and started eating fresh whole food the farmer's dog food isn't fancy it's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs it's better for them and easier for you Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, 
marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Hey, uh, Adam, what would be a story for longer? Aaron Rodgers wanting to be a Jet or the Lamar Jackson situation with the Baltimore Ravens? Well, it's, it's, it's uh, my guess, and it's just a guess, is that the Lamar Jackson situation will linger longer because I, I, I think, although there's no guarantees of this, I think at some point the Jets and Packers will, will get some clarity and figure it out. Mm. And I don't know where that clarity is coming from on the Lamar Jackson situation. And if there's not a team that steps up, and I think with each day that goes by, there's less of a chance that another team will step up. Then Lamar's left with a decision. Do you negotiate a new deal with the Ravens by July 15th? Do you play it out on a one-year deal? Do you just sit it out altogether? What do you mm. do? Mm. Right? So I, I kind of think that's where that's headed. And I would think that the jets Rodgers situation will be solved before July 15th. Now, look, Rodgers could visit the Colts next week. He could sign an offer sheet. And maybe we know in two weeks, right? Like you're asking me right now. That's my guess. Doesn't yeah. mean I'm right. But that's my guess that that Jackson, just because of the nature of it, would go on a little bit longer. And we'll see if that turns out to be right. I got a question. Do you think with Lamar not yep. having, I won't necessarily say a, a true representative because you know his mom is, is, is his agent. But do you think with him not having a credible agent that mm -hmm. the deal is not done yet? Well, here's the issue with that. You know, it's one thing to not use an agent when you're negotiating with the team that you've been with your whole career and you can't really leave there at that point in time. Mm -hmm. It's another thing when you're looking for, let's call it a $200 million contract, $250 million contract. Like we're talking about a huge deal here. Mm -hmm. And I'm not telling you he can't do it. Of course he can. But I think an agent probably would have encouraged him to start the clock toward his next contract a couple of years ago and not played for 1.7 million or 23 last year. Mm -hmm. I think an agent this year would have been at the combine meeting with teams behind closed doors mm -hmm. and seeing what situations were there before Vegas signed mm -hmm. Jimmy Garoppolo before Carolina traded up to number one before Washington signed Jacoby Brissett before Baker Mayfield went to Tampa. There would have been somebody working ahead of it to flush out that situation, which in his current situation, no, I don't know that he's capable of doing. Yeah. Do and, you think a team, go ahead, I'm sorry. Yeah. And so, and so yeah, you look, I've had points in my career where I've negotiated my own contract and not use an agent. Mm -hmm. And I've had points when I have used an agent. So I've had both during my time at ESPN. And there are times that an agent does make a difference. And what I don't understand and maybe you guys can speak. This is like there are agents out there that would have done it for free for him. Facts. Facts. They would they would undercut Facts. the other half percent, right? Yeah. One percent max. Yeah. 1%. Just to get a deal done and say they did that deal is a great opportunity for that agent in moving forward. And one thing that I've I've harped on as well in regards to not having a legit agent, agents have rep have relationships with these teams, right? Yes, that's so let's job. say. He has an agent that has a relationship with the Baltimore Ravens. Listen, if you don't do right by my client, the next guy that you want to get that's a part of my team, we're going to play hardball. 
Or if you already have a player that's on that same team, or so, let's say the teams that came out and say they don't want to even talk to Lamar Jackson, they're out of yep. the Lamar Jackson sweepstakes. If you have an agent that has relationships with those teams, that have clients that play for those organizations, knowing that those organizations will like to do business with you in the near future via the draft or via free yep. agency, it's easier to kind of keep relationships intact and kind of keep that thing moving smoothly than if you don't. Yeah, well, again, like I said, there are certain points where you can get by without an agent. And he had a couple of those windows. Mm -hmm. And there are other points where you are better served, I believe, using an agent. I think it's a good idea to always have an agent, especially considering that Maxi would be paying 1%. So by the way, let's just say the deal was $200 million, right? That 1% would cost him $2 million, which would be a write-off. Right so off. what are we even talking about? Like, yeah. And by the way, that agent should have put him in position to counsel him to make that money back and then some. Mm -hmm. And it's not Pretty so. Fair. I know it's a. I know it's a point of pride. I know he wants to prove he can do it, and that's admirable. I appreciate that. But you don't want to miss that window, man. <laughs> no, here, here's the deal. Here's the deal. Here's the deal. Here's the deal. This is a high stakes deal. This yeah, is a deal worth hundreds of millions. Of dollars, would yeah. you hand off a deal worth hundreds of millions of dollars to your mom, no matter how smart she is? Like I mm -hmm. love my mom, I would never do that. Like I'd have somebody that's specialized in that area. Do they have experience? That that has experience. And I don't mean that as a shot against him or her. Like, they, you know, they're they're they've done a nice job and they're smart people, but this is a big deal. Life changing. This is not a linebacker contract. Yeah, you never not you a never, running back contract. Well, maybe you should do, but you, you you never negotiated a. This is like you said, this is a big deal, life changing, and this is something that you don't want to mess up because most guys know that second contract more than likely. Well, he's a quarterback; he can get another one. But for other position guys, that second contract is more than likely your, the the most important one. So you want to make the most of that one, and you want to you don't want to. You don't want to make no mistake on that one for sure. Let me, but going let me back to my question. other question, Pat, Patrick, but, how, how many years you play? How many, this is your fourteenth year now. Thirteen. Thirteen. Yep. Have you had an agent? Have you used an agent all thirteen years or not? No doubt about it. Okay, Brian, <laughs> how many years you play in the NFL? Seven. You use an agent all seven? No, no question. <laughs> now, now here's the deal: when you're coming out as a rookie, if you think you can get by yeah, without an agent, yeah, that's different. That's I different. think you can. I think yeah. you can. Right, like. Yeah, you could go negotiate the rookie scale contract. You'll miss some certain things. The line, mm -hmm. like I, you're better off. But yeah, if you want to do that, then yes. But this is not a rookie deal worth three or four million dollars. No, this is a deal worth hundreds of millions of dollars. NFL, NFL record breaking type deal. <laughs> I mean, and so 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 he's saving he's saving the. Half percent, one percent, whatever. I, I think, like I said, I think some of the agents would have done it for free. So I why agree. do you think teams not jumping on Lamar though? Yeah, do you think it's some type of colluding going on? What, what are your What are your takes on well, that? Well, look, I know there's a NFLPA collusion case. Here's the deal. L let me ask you this question: If Patrick Mahomes were a free agent today, he and he were given the tag uh, that Lamar was, yep. how oh, many no. teams? How oh. many teams do you think would give him a guaranteed contract? Every last one of them. Every last one of them. I think so, if too. If that's what he wants? If that's yeah. what he wants? Yeah. Every I think so, too. 
Okay. So Lamar is an elite quarterback. He is a great player, mm-hmm. but he's not for everybody. Number one, because it's a different type of system that you have to run. Mm-hmm. That's number one. Number two, at this point in the game, many of the teams, many of the teams, not all, have filled their quarterback need. Yes. Number three, you need the cap space to be able to go sign him, which not everybody has. Number four, you need the draft picks to go sign him, which not everybody has. Number five, you run the risk of doing the work, which we've seen many times with offer sheets, signing the guy to an offer sheet, and then having Baltimore match that offer sheet. And now all you did was sign him to the deal and you did Baltimore a favor. So I think teams are skeptical of that. So there's just a lot of little, plus they're not dealing with an agent. So Lamar couldn't get a head start on it. Well, let's be honest. All these agents are in Indy meeting with front offices, going over deals Mm -hmm. and getting an idea of where their clients might be. I I didn't see Lamar there. Maybe he was there. I, I missed him. Right. But there's a lot that goes into this. So do I think that owners not want to give guaranteed deals to players? Absolutely. I I, I definitely think that. I definitely think they want to avoid that's, that. Yeah, that's the secret. Yeah, exactly. But do, yeah. I, do I think occluding is a very strong word? I mean, I, you know, I, who knows? I'll let legal people figure out whether there's been collusion or not. But I'm giving you other factors that make the deal challenging. Yeah. All, all legit facts, factors, yeah. by the way, you know what I mean? So hopefully we'll wait and see, but I can tell you this much from the outside looking in and just hearing what you stated on in regards to this situation. He's in a tough spot. Very. He is. He's and in a tough spot. And I would have played last year. Two things happen. <laughs> Either he lowered his demands and accepts what Baltimore is willing to give him or Baltimore lowered their demands and been to give him more what he's looking for. And I don't see that happening from the organization yeah. because they know they have all the leverage right well, now. Yeah. So, yeah. And, and, and Baltimore and he, they, I mean, they've gone back and forth. We saw the offer last September. Last September, uh, Baltimore offered him, I think it was five years, 250. 133 was guaranteed at signing, 175 guaranteed for injury, up to $200 million with a springing guarantee. I mean, Chris Mortensen and I saw the contract last September. Oh, now, so you saw know, the contract? Yeah, yeah. I don't know what ha- I don't know what. Yes. So the, the way things were up. Now I don't know what has transpired since then, right? Like, what kind of offers have been made? Counter proposals, proposed. I, I can't say what they have negotiated, but I mean, I, I can say that he turned down 133 million dollars guaranteed to, to, sign, to sign his name, right? To sign his name, and hundred, and it would have been if he. If he was on the roster uh, on the fifth day of this league year, which they wouldn't have cut him before because they would have had to accelerate $70 million in cap charges. So yep. I think we could agree he would have been on the roster, right? Yep. Then, then it would have been $175 million in guaranteed money. Guaranteed and this, money. that contract was before Kyler Murray got before Kyler Murray's deal? The, the, that offer was after. The, the, after. The, the guarantees at signing and for injury were more than Murray, more than Wilson. Not fully guaranteed. Okay, he not fully, fully guaranteed, though. No, it's not a fully guaranteed deal. Gotcha, gotcha. But like you said, you don't know what happened with that deal, why it fell through. Gotcha. No, well, I do know. He wanted a fully guaranteed he was, deal. He wanted all his money. And, so, and, but, and he, Exactly. He didn't want to take it. And, you know, I think people have seen Deshaun Watson go out last year and get 230 fully guaranteed, $230 million. 
Yeah. And so, you know, I'm sure Lamar feels that, you know, hey, if Deshaun got it, I'm certainly, I've been as capable of him as him. I'm a team leader. I'm a great player. Why am I not getting him? But, you know, you had the Cleveland Browns who were desperate. Cleveland did a Cleveland thing. Yeah. (laughs) Cleveland was desperate. And let's let's not forget this. Deshaun Watson called him and said, "Uh, Browns, you're out. What do you mean you're out? Yeah, we're, we're talking to Atlanta, New Orleans, and Carolina. You're out. Okay. Very sorry. Good luck. And they call him back and they say, what if, what if we guarantee the whole contract? Oh, Cleveland. Oh, that's interesting. Okay. I'm, yeah. I'm yeah. back in. I'm back in. <laughs> hey, that, that's, the, that's the price you pay when you've been struggling at the quarterback position for such a long time. Yeah. Uh, it, so last take on this Lamar Jackson situation. Last question for you. When you hear that people are saying from his camp he does not want a fully guaranteed contract, Adam, what do you say to that based on all the information you've learned throughout this entire process? I mean, they do say that, and I've heard that. They say he is not seeking a fully guaranteed contract. Um, But I don't know that that's the case with the Baltimore Ravens. So, you know, until he – until – there's a team that he sits down with at the bargaining table and they come up with an offer sheet. I think he would. I, in fact, I think if it were another team, I don't think he would cling to the idea that it has to be fully guaranteed. I, mm. I just think that. I agree. He, I think he'd bounce off that with other teams. I do think that. So if that means something to other teams and they want to try to sign him, yeah, I think they could get a deal done with him that is yeah. not fully guaranteed, which is weird because. Baltimore had a strong offer on the table, although he didn't think so. And he wanted it to be fully guaranteed. But I do think in my own mind that he's willing to take a non-fully guaranteed deal from another team. Because I think at this point in time is a couple of years, it's it's you know, it gets a little personal. And I think yeah. the relationship yeah. between the two sides isn't as strong as it once was. Yeah, I agree. Hey, last question for you, Adam. We're gonna let you go. Speaking of getting paid and speaking of checks, right? What does your royalty checks look like from your cameo <laughs> on The Longest Yard? You know, you know, it's very funny you say that because today my college friends sent me a text. They're like, congratulations. I'm like, on what? And they said that, oh, I was just named the award winner for some golf tournament that they're hosting in Detroit this summer uh, that they had asked me to perform in. I'm getting the exact text right now. Uh, and I, I forgot that I was being honored although it's to raise money for charity. And they wrote up a bio of me in this article that my friend sent out. And the line says, and I'm looking for it right now. I'm just going through the list of texts from today. Well, it's, 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 it's worth hearing. Hold on. <laughs> bear, bear with me. Uh, hold on. Hold on. Here we go. Yeah. Okay. So now I don't know if you can see this, but there's a little like, this is like the print and it says, <laughs> talks about the books I wrote and then it says, and I read from the article quote, Schefter also is a movie star <laughs> <laughs> I yeah. think he broke his freaking neck Yeah, hey Pat, I was going to ask him do you remember his line I was going to ask Adam do you remember his line yeah, there's something that broke he, was, he said he, had, he made a cameo appearance in the movie The Longest Yard released in 2015 a couple of funny things about that, number one yeah, I still do get royalty checks they come like once or twice a year for like $6 and 31 cents. And every time I get one, I'm like, Oh man, I can only imagine, you know, what the stars in the movie got. And then when we were doing, it was very smart of the public relations company that represented that film, because 
they they got like six writers. It was me, Jay Glazer, Peter King, John McClain. There's a group of us. Mm-hmm. And they flew us to LA. They had us do this one little scene. And then that way, everybody's writing about it and talking about it in their newspaper columns and in their blogs at the time. And so they flew us out for the Red Carpet premiere. And I remember at the time I was working for NFL Network, I believe. And I get out of the, uh, they, they had town cars pick us up and they drop us up. And I get out and everyone's going, Adam, Adam, you know, and I'm on the rig. I'm like, wow, I can't believe this many people watch NFL Network. It's like, it blew me away. And then I turned around and I saw Adam Sandler was standing right there. And everybody was, <laughs> right there was Adam. <laughs> oh, that's a funny story. You think he's talking about you? He's talking about Adam Sandler. <laughs> Absolutely. They certainly weren't talking about me. Oh, man, man. Awesome, thank man. you. Thank you, man. That's a funny, Thanks, funny story, Adam. man. Great <laughs> stories coming from the great Adam Schefter, man. Ooh. Thank you for joining us. All Things Covered, Pat Peterson, Brian McFadden, Senior NFL Insider at ESPN. Great job. Once again, we're going to be paying attention because, you know, if anything happens with Lamar Jackson or, or Aaron Rodgers. Well, we'll see. You know, like, th- th- this, is, this is where the conversation stands today, Tuesday, March 21st. And it may be entirely different one week from now. That's the great thing about the league. Things exactly. change real quick. Hey, right? hey, 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 Patrick Peterson's on my podcast. Yep. Tell me how, how he loves playing for the, he would love to play for the Bengals. It'd be a great match. 24 right. hours later, he saw with the Steelers. Yeah, yeah. In the sa- that's, same division, that's different teams. Change. Same yep. division, different team. Hey, we know you love Michigan football, by the way. Can the Wolverines win a title under? Oh, yeah, Jim they, they can. They can, and I'd love to see it. It would be, it would bring me great happiness. It would be great for the school. Um, I know just, they got some. You just, you just don't think it's going to happen. Well, I, listen, they, they've been knocking on the door, and eventually, if you keep knocking, hopefully, the door opens. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> no doubt. No doubt. But Adam, thank you for joining us, man. Enjoy the rest appreciate of your night, Adam. Brian. Thank you once Patrick, again. thank you guys. Appreciate it. A couple of Steeler guys now. Yeah. Yes, sir. That. Yes, sir. All right, guys. We'll hey, be in touch. Hey, hey, Adam. Make sure yeah. you pay attention because the last. Family member that participated for the Pittsburgh Steelers mm-hmm. brought a Lombardi. So Pat is up next. He's going to ride off into his Hall of Fame career with a sticky Lombardi with the Pittsburgh Steelers. That will be the seventh sticky Lombardi for the organization. <laughs> it will yes, be a sir. great way. It will be a great way for PP to go out. No, no question. doubt about it. No question. <laughs> All, right, All right. Take care, guys. Thank you very much All for right. having me.